thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is the first time we are um, going live um, and doing something live in the live space. Um, we really wish all of you were here as audiences, but uh, hopefully soon we'll be able to do that. So, welcoming all today at ADI and the Bath chapter as well uh, and Rock Collaborative to join us in this talks today at um, the Rock Talk series. Sorry about the disturbance, but this is this is in the backdrop of the show that's happening right now. Um, so the Raw Talk series basically is an opportunity to exercise um, a conversation that we need to start, you know, um, with with the intent that we have started the process and everything here at Raw Collaborative. Um, so the, the the conversations are again a very very important part of um, the show every year. I would like to introduce um, Vivek, who is uh, part of the ADI committee and who has helped us set up. The raw talk series this year, half uh, live and half uh, virtual. <laughs> and uh, I would just ask today to introduce everyone once quickly. Okay. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. Thank you, Dandi, for having us over. And uh, at ADI, we are very, very happy to be joining in with our collaborative this year as uh, knowledge partners and especially uh, something that we constantly seek at ADI is to engage in our dialogue with respect to design and nothing better that this year's raw theme is conscious design and conscious living with design. So we are going to start our first talk with that. Uh, well, I would just like to, I think, uh, hand over to Tanvi to introduce Anjali and then uh, Thanks, Vivek. Um, we've got Anjali Modi here today with us, uh, who has been a very, very integral part of uh, this year's uh, curation. Um, so the topic that we had in mind was something you know that that we all have gone through in this year is 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 um, consciousness, consciousness in everything that we do, our choices, as well as uh, as design professionals in our um, work and in our, our thought processes as well. Just quickly introducing Anjali. Um, Anjali Modi uh, set up her studio, Josmo, in 2010. And um, since then, I think she has changed the scene of uh, contemporary Indian design. Um, and uh, we are really happy to have her as part of uh, our guest curator this year. I'll just ask Anjali to also say quickly, you know, a little bit about her idea behind the gallery and the curation that she has put up this year. Thanks, Dandi. I hope I'm audible. Um, so, hi, everyone. Thank you for joining us. Um, I think a big part of the theme this year, um, you know, conscious design, was really to define what conscious design is. I think a lot of us have our own definitions. And the idea behind the curation was to really define it together. Um, for us, as a collective um, of, I think, 10 designers as part of the curation, we really try to understand what conscious design is. Is it something that looks good, feels good, or is it something that is designed with a lot of sensitivity to the, towards the environment and towards the choices that we make at a very core level of the product? And um, I've been lucky enough to find, uh, you know, uh, innovators, designers, curious, uh, like-minded people that have really come together with a lot of heart into the curation. Uh, some of them have actually designed for the show itself. And they're really trying to shed light on what a life could be like when you kind of um, inherit products or buy products that leave less of footprint on the planet. And I think that's the legacy that 
all of us really want to leave behind. And um, I'm uh, looking forward to having this be a dialogue, a much larger dialogue for the future. So welcome everyone and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Anjali. Um, I quickly introduce our panelists as well here. They are an amazing bunch of uh, creative minds of our country and um, we are really glad to be celebrating their works here and also share our dialogue with them today. Um, that's Priyanka Narula from Bigger Story. Priyanka, could you introduce yourself? Hi everyone, I am Priyanka from The Wicked Story. Um, as the name suggests, we are working in Wicker extensively to create bespoke products uh, on the lines of computation design and complex geometry. Um, our company works around the idea that research and material can lead the material to evolve in ways which are unexpected and letting uh, design take lead the way for uh, future development. Uh, hi everybody, I'm uh, Diti Mistri and I started uh, my brand few years ago with a very simple idea that I wanted to, um, you know, just use waste fabric. I just could not see uh, fabric around me going to waste and I started creating small accessories for myself and that's how the whole uh, idea started and I started procuring different materials, experimenting with it and uh, the brand is all about experimentation and having fun with those uh, materials and uh, making it into a wearable art and having it in your home and wearing it yourself. Mook from Smita Mook. Smita will tell you more about Smita Yeah, hi, I'm Smita. So Mook talks, doesn't talk much. <laughs> so he passes on the talking to me. Not that I'm a good talker. <laughs> well, so... Uh, at Smita Moksh uh, uh, Studio, we uh, believe in um, uh, a conscious design is part of our, you know, it's the basis of what we do. It's something that we truly deeply believe in uh, because of which we started all of this uh, some uh, um, 10 years, 11 years ago. Uh, so we believe in, uh, you know, that uh, being a designer is a, is a profession which is uh, highly responsible. And uh, uh, designers as a fraternity, uh, because they have the job of solving problems, uh, they need to be uh, healed people themselves. They need to be evolved people themselves. Only then can they you know, provide solutions to a society which can help the society also evolve and grow. So, uh, uh, keeping that as the base and uh, our understanding, we uh, develop products through various categories. Uh, I think we are more known for our artworks. But uh, we have uh, nine categories of products in total. Uh, so uh, we try to always make products which um, uh, help in healing uh, the user, uh, heal the spaces. Uh, so we work on the uh, 965 theory. Gyan, uh, Yoga, uh, and Cheta is the basis on which we work, which is uh, design consciousness, um, uh, traditional wisdom and syncing with nature. So syncing with nature is something with, uh, which is the very, very basic foundation of everything that we do. So, um, thank you. Hi, uh, I'm Pradimna from uh, Samsara, the recycle company. So we are a design and manufacturing house uh, based in Chennai. Uh, you know, we started the studio with the idea of uh, trying to work with different waste streams and create products uh, from them. 
uh, our first material exploration uh, was with plastic, as you we know all the problems that uh, you know the material has caused. Um, so <clears throat> that's how we started our journey of uh, you know trying to understand the material, try to work with it, see what we can do, and uh, try to create products. Um, you know, to kind of have an impact uh, and uh, create usable and uh, utilitarian uh, products. That's how we started. Um, so coming back to our conversation, uh, bringing design consciousness through selection of materials and production through innovative uh, processes. This talk today brings forth the core question towards consumption of design aided lifestyle products. Um, I would hand over the mic to uh, Anjali to take the first round of questions with our panelists today. So I think um, what we'd first like to talk about is selection, process, production and use um, because they're all kind of symbiotic with each other. Um, my question is to Pradimya and Priyanka. Um, what comes first in your design process? Um, is it the idea of you know how to create consciously? Um, does the functional need supersede the conscious and sustainable intent? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, thank you, Anjali, for the question. Um, the question here talks about uh, what comes first, idea or sustainability. And uh, what we feel is that sustainability is actually about aligning with the forces of nature. And for, the, for us, that means aligning to what the material is trying to say. Ideas are, yes, important to work to develop a certain product. But if you work the other way around, it's a material which constantly tries to inform you about what can be generated and what could be done with it. So that is something that's been uh, helping us come up with new ideas again and again and has been evolving our process. Now, we are a young company, just two years old, uh, into uh, developing works with Google. And uh, every six months, we come up with, we try coming up with something new in terms of an idea or a design. Uh, one year back, uh, you know, a few of our mentors actually told us that uh, one of the biggest mistakes we are doing is to just focus on one material. Because somewhere down the line, one year or two down the line, we'll be stuck up with that particular idea. Um, we were at that point of time so in love with the material that we just uh, stuck on the path and uh, went forward. And what we realized is that the more we focus on it, the more we work with it, the more we learn about it, it's constantly giving us new solutions and new ideas to, to think about. So, um, and, and it's been two years and we've not even thought of bringing in a new materiality to sort of change the rawness or the naturalness of the, of the products that we've been doing. So uh, it's about the material informing us what can be done and from there taking it forward to applying need and functionality to the product and thus generating it. Um, so yes, ideas are important, but what we fear with that is that an idea could stop us from thinking beyond. So it's about starting with a blank slate, uh, tinkering with the material and uh, playing around, just, just playing around and seeing what it constructs and what it gives us and then overlay it with uh, what is a product in need, what is a client's requirement and that's how eventually something gets done. So we've been having fun till date and I think uh, we don't see an end to that yet. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to pass it on to you. Pradhimya, what about you? How uh, how sensitive are you to you know the plastic that you use? Um, how much do you have to listen to the material like Priyanka said? Or how much can you control the material? Uh, so for us, the consciousness comes in through the material uh, in itself. right? So that's the first thing uh, that we focused on. Um, 
And so when it comes to, uh, you know, so the consciousness comes through uh, the material itself. Uh, so the idea of uh, trying to create uh, something uh, for us is uh, what is the durability of that material? How, in what product category can we use it? Because recycling is just a process of uh, alternating uh, virgin material with uh, used material, right? So for us, it was what kind of products do we make uh, from that process um, that is also going to have a long shelf life. For example, now we could also make keychains, but the lifespan of that material or uh, the usability of that material is, is short-lived. Uh, that's why we focus on furniture or larger objects that have a much longer lifespan. Uh, we are able to use more uh, raw materials and able to recycle more uh, materials into the product. And in that sense, at the end of life of that product as well, we are able to um, ensure that, that the product also comes back into the recycling system. That's also very important uh, because the smaller the object is, the less value it has. And so it has uh, very high chances of, again, not entering into the recycling system. So for us, in terms of uh, the idea, the idea was to create products that are much uh, that have more value uh, in terms of usability, people use it more, not just for aesthetic uh, purposes. Uh, that's when people consciously, uh, you know, think about that, okay, this is made from recycle era. I also have to do, um, you know, it kind of keeps rem uh, reminding them of their role, uh, you know, as a part of society and uh, their conscious choices have an impact uh, as well. Thank you. So my next question is directed towards uh, Smita Mokshan and Priyanka. Um, you know, let's talk about technology. Um, in today's age, technology is so important. And all of us in this panel try to blend technology and artistry and craft. Um, tell us a little bit about how you've explored new production processes while blending it with technology. And how important is that balance, you know, between skill and craftsmanship and blending it with new technology and traditional practices. Technology जो रहती है, technology से ही सब कुछ work करता है. World War में जो technology develop हुई, फिर वही piece में piece time पे use होती है, वो development के लिए use होती है, वही medicine में use होती है. और जिसे हम अभी craft बोल रहे हैं, उस time पे वो technology था. जब fire introduce हुई, जब wheel introduce हुआ, पहले वो हाथ से धागा बना रहा था, तो उस वक्त लग रहा था कि this is handicraft. फिर वो चरखे से बनाने लगा, तो चरखा technology हो गया. चरखे ने उनको out of job कर दिया. That was handicraft and this was technology. फिर उसके बाद looms आ गए, फिर हम यान जो है उससे बनाने लगे, तो वो steam invent आ गई है, फिर अभी electricity आ गई है, तो वो बदलता जा रहा है. अब हम अब वो चरखे को अब हम हैंडीक्राफ्ट बोल रहे हैं तो हैंडीक्राफ्ट ऐसा कुछ नहीं है सिर्फ ऐसा है कि उस क्राफ्ट जो वो इवॉल्व हुआ है उसकी जो एसेंस है उसको टेक्नोलॉजी पर राइड करवाना होता है और ये डिजाइनर का जॉब है अगर डिजाइनर ने उसको ठीक से राइड नहीं करवाया जैसे एक सिंपल सा एग्जाम्पल है अगर डिजाइनर ने शुरू से ही पहले बताया होता कि सोलर एनर्जी को यूज करके कार बनाओ तो इतना रिसोर्स हम पेट्रोल का डीजल का यूज ही नहीं कर रहे होते तो आज हो रहा है सारी सोलर के डिजाइन होते आज हम जब वो सब खत्म हो गया है अब बोल रहे हैं कि अच्छा अब सोलर कर ले तो वहां कॉन्शियसनेस की जरूरत थी कॉन्शियसनेस यानी चेतना जिस समय पे जितनी चेतना होती है उसी से युग बदलता है युवांतर उसी को ही बोलते हैं चेतना अगर अच्छी है 
तो सतयुग है अथर्वयुग और कलयुग है ठीक है हम लोग स्टूडियो सीता मोक्ष में इसी पे काम करते हैं कि सबसे पहले तो चेतना होनी चाहिए अगर चेतना है तो ही आगे बढ़ पाओगे उसके बाद ज्ञान आएगा यानी कि आर ट्रेडिशनल ज्ञान और उसके बाद जिसके पास वो ये दोनों चीज आ गई देन इट इज यू देन यू आर इन सिंह और अल्टीमेट हर डिजाइनर को कहीं ना कहीं किसी ना किसी तरीके से इस चीज को जरूर पकड़ना तभी हम सबकी लाइफ में कुछ डिफरेंस लेके आ सकते चाहे वो मटेरियल का सिलेक्शन हो चाहे वो प्रोसेसेस हो चाहे प्रोडक्ट का डिजाइन हो ये पूरा होलिस्टिक लेके सबको साथ लेके जिसे हम सह अस्तित्व बोलते हैं टू एग्जिस्टेंस दिस इज इन डिजाइन वी कॉल इट सिस्टम थिंकिंग तो अगर ये लेके हम चलते हैं तो कभी कोई गलती होती नहीं डिजाइनर को इतना रिस्पॉन्सिबल होना चाहिए कि वो ट्रेंड सेट कर देते हैं और हमने अगर गलत ट्रेंड सेट कर दी हमने शुरू कर दिया कि ओके डीजल कार सुंदर बना के चलाते हैं तो फिर वही चलता जाएगा तो हमें गलत ट्रेंड्स just uh, take the argument from uh, smita moksha a little forward and um, yes again like that was about to be my starting word that uh, technology is a tool today it's not something technology is not the product but it is a tool um another point i would like to say is that um, when you talk about um, a product uh, the one who weaves something with his own hand the material is belongs to that person the material does not belong to a particular technology so which means that the craftsman the processes actually are a very integral part of uh, anything and everything that we do or otherwise also in a production based uh, system um talking about technology i think today like as young designers um, in the education circuit uh, we constantly trying to figure out what is the future of design so we are always talking about um, uh, technologies of manufacturing in let's say 3d printing cnc uh, robotic manufacturing or even using extensive softwares for complex designing and uh, i mean uh, design uh, tr- um, translation of design to actually fabrication and uh, production now uh, the whole idea of technology and design has been misconstrued as um, a method of making fancy designs and uh, you know it's ju- ju- uh, ma- uh, making complexity for the sake of complexity and that is where the whole process uh, really goes wrong so coming back to the idea that technology is just a tool and it is supposed to look back into the intent of the design the um the material ambitions or material characteristics which we also call as material tectonics uh, letting them decide what the tools actually do so uh, we're not able to yet um, apply making machine making to our process of processes of weaving but what we are able to successfully do is work on complex geometry 
using a software to simplify that complexity and transferring that information and design and providing it to a craftsman. Now, anybody who's worked with craftsmen, they would know that in the Indian craft industry, the way they've been trained to work since ages, it's very difficult to give them something new and getting any results out of it and then actually establishing a production line around it. So that's where I feel that technology became the tool for us to simplify that information where I don't necessarily have to give something new and something complex to them for them to comprehend. Rather, it is our job to comprehend it and the beaver's job to apply his skill. So it simplifies both the parties' job and thus I think the translation into actually uh, making into it, making the whole uh, product into a production line and not just a prototype. So that is where I feel it's been uh, quite useful. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you so much. That's fantastic. I think the first round of discussion was, you know, something that we really, we, we all have been discussing this um, over over the time, but when it all comes together, you know, it, it somehow kind of does make a lot more sense to each one of us because somewhere our practices are evolving in a certain uh, conscious manner. I, I would, you know, want to believe that. Um, so my question is directed to Pradhiman now. The next one is, you know, uh, Pradhiman, being a young practice, how do you see your practice evolving um, you know, with um, recycling material as your, you know, as your core uh, um, product, you know, your material. How do you see that contributing back to in in a circular economy? You know, um, would you be just? Do you think that as a long term sustainable business uh, model as well? And what are the challenges that your practice faces? You know, it's a young practice, and to be able to do this. At such a um, uh, initial stage of your business, you know, it's it's. I'm I'm sure you must be having your own challenges. So, could you throw some light on that? That would be very inspiring. So yeah, uh, you know, recycling. I mean, for as plastic, from plastic uh, perspective, recycling is just one of the tools uh, to for the circular economy, right? Um, so it's the first step uh, where we kind of uh, reuse the existing materials into transforming them uh, into a, to give them a new life. Um, but it also comes down to conscious choices of reducing the amount of new plastic that is being generated. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a whole game. So recycling is not necessarily the only thing that will uh, help uh, solve the plastic crisis. Um, but it's one of the steps that is, uh, you know, needed to kind of educate uh, people to show them, uh, uh, you know, what uh, can be done if they segregate the waste. So the initial thing comes down to segregation of the waste. For us, it was uh, how can we show people what happens to that waste that they can segregate. So that's the first step. The second step is where they have to make a conscious decision to consume less amount of plastic. It's very hard because it's a it's a constant competition between uh, you know people blaming consumers and the you know the brands blaming uh, you know we putting the blame on the brands and the brands uh, putting the responsibility on the consumers. I think it's it's where everybody comes together to kind of solve the problem. It cannot be put on a singular uh, entity. Um, and uh, uh, as a brand, yes, definitely, uh, you know, recycling plastic into, uh, you know, products is uh, something that is uh, a new. Uh, it's a very new material that we're, we're exploring. Uh, so it takes time to kind of educate people because people see the material, they don't understand, uh, you know, what the material is. So it takes time to kind of uh, make people aware of this material uh, then, uh, you know, get other designers on board 
kind of experiment with the material. So for us, it was more about trying to work with other designers as well because uh, that's the only way we can actually spread it uh, on a much larger scale. Uh, that's when they can explore the material. They can uh, further, uh, you know, uh, you know, push the boundaries and the uh, limitations of the material, and then we can also, you know, help uh, in that. Thank you. So, Vivek, do you want to uh, take up the last uh, bit of our discussion? Uh, I think we've got some fantastic, uh, even some fantastic ideas that have opened up so far uh, with respect to this, and we can just only really hope that we can continue conversations on that. Uh, however, coming to the core idea of economics about within consciousness, the aspect of consciousness, not only also as Moksh put it as Chetana from within, as well as that transferring to the kind of products, the kind of uh, uh, products that you make, and the idea of business, how does it work with, with respect to economics at the end of the day, that needs to sustain for you to be able to do what you're doing. So the first question is to uh, Pratyun and Muthi again, uh, just quickly uh, asked about whether there is a pressure to disguise your products to not look like it was made out of waste or it is uh, made out of low cost materials or it has been upcycled. From a pure marketability point of view, is there any? Um, yeah, actually, like I face constant pressure that uh, it has to look aesthetically uh, good as well because uh, when my client is wearing a piece which is, um, you know, made using leftover fabric, I mean, when I tell them that, you know, I've used the leftover fabric uh, creating accessories and home decor, like, it's actually an added point, but they are also surprised that, okay, I mean, how can something um, which is uh, looking like a cushion or it's a face, how is it, you uh, you know, like a leftover thing? Because uh, usually a lot of pieces are like, you know, a patchwork or, um yeah like patches are put together to create a design but for me like i like to put them together um in a character and tell a story through that so a lot of my designs are from my travels and emotion and i like to put them into a wearable form so um sorry i'm trying to i'm like drifting away from the question (laughs) but um but uh yeah so there's actually and also as a designer there's constant pressure that you have to keep inventing something new because you have to stay in the market and like you know when a customer comes to you and uh, they see one piece and then they can't come back to you again because like that's what you're creating so for them to come back to you again you have to constantly create something new so for me travel really helps i'm constantly going around and i'm super inspired by the characters around me and people um having conversations and they really influence my design and thinking and uh, that's how i create my pieces and they tell a story uh, to uh, so that was actually a, a, a conscious choice for us uh, because, you know, people think of a plastic as a very cheap, uh, you know, it usually comes very thin and it's very monotone, uh, you know, as a material. First, it was a con- uh, conscious choice to move away from that because this was also a different, I mean, recycled material. So we wanted to show them that something from plastic can actually be look good. Can uh, That's where I think... Uh, as a designer, we bring value to that material, right? Uh, how can we add value to a, a material that is, uh, you know, uh, that people think of in a very negative uh, way? Uh, they, as, a, as a material, plastic, people think of it 
uh, you know, very cheap. Right? It doesn't look great. It's flimsy, and uh, you know, uh, and things like that. So first, it was a conscious choice to move away from that. So that's when we created almost this terrazzo uh, kind of uh, look, a little bit of bright colors uh, to kind of uh, accentuate the pieces. And always, uh, we also look at not making products only from a singular material. Right? So for us, it is always about uh, using different materials to complement uh, the pieces and uh, to design the product in such a way that um, you, uh, you know the, the plastic has its own like uh, drawbacks it's not like wood or it's not like metal so how can we uh, as designers uh, help in creating products that also last long so that uh, you know again it has to serve its purpose because that sometimes ये कहां से आ गया 
प्रेशियस डायमंड का होना चाहिए क्या प्लास्टिक का होना चाहिए अब मैं अभी बात कर रहा था कि तुम्हारा भी प्लास्टिक तो एक्चुअल में बहुत ही जबरदस्त मटीरियल है ये मेरेकल्स कर सकता है लेकिन क्योंकि ये इजीली अवेलेबल है तो अब ये प्रेशियस नहीं रहा ठीक है ये वही वाली बात है कि पहले वो गोल्ड की तलवार रख रहे थे क्योंकि गोल्ड अबंडेंस में था लेकिन जब पता चला कि अल्यूमिनियम इससे भी ज्यादा इजीली है तो पहले सॉरी अल्यूमिनियम एक्सपेंसिव था फिर वो गोल्ड हो गया तो हम सिर्फ इसकी हायर की गलत कर रहे थे अब हम लोग वुड यूज करते हैं अब मैं बोलता हूँ मैं वुड को प्रेशियस मटेरियल की तरह यूज करता हूँ मैं उसको सिक्स एम एम की थिकनेस में यूज करता हूँ एक्जैक्टली जितना स्ट्रक्चरल रिक्वायरमेंट है उतने ही यूज करता हूँ ये ये आसानी से अवेलेबल है तो इसका ये मतलब नहीं है कि मुझे उसका फोर इंच ही यूज कर लेना तो ये वाली जो सेंसिटिविटी है अगर इससे हम काम कर रहे हैं तो ऑटोमेटिकली यूजर जो है वो उसकी तरफ इंक्लाइन हो जाएगा और सेंसिटिव हो जाएगा और चीजों को सिंप्लीफाई करके अगर आप यूजर के सामने रखोगे तो उसमें ये सेंस आएगी कि अब मैं वही खरीदूंगा अगर मैं अपने प्रोडक्ट में ये सेंसिटिविटी दिखा रहा हूँ कि देखो ये छोटा सेक्शन यूज करने से स्टिल यू कैन हैव दैट प्रोडक्ट दैट बॉक्स जो है जिसमें ट्वेल्व एम हर कोई यूज करता है और मोस्ट जो है उसमें सिक्स एम यूज करता है तो दूसरी बार वो दूसरे प्रोडक्ट दूसरे ब्रांड और दूसरे डिजाइनर का प्रोडक्ट लेते वक्त भी उससे वो कॉन्शियसनेस आ जाएगी यूज की थोड़ा कम यूज कर लो भाई क्या फर्क पड़ रहा है तो इस तरह से अगर हम थोड़ा 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 भी एफर्ट करते रहेंगे काम करके रिसर्च करके फिर प्रोडक्ट बनाएंगे तो इंस्टेंट कनेक्ट यूजर के साथ होने ही वाला है यूजर इज गोइंग टू अप्रीशियट एंड वन से स्टार्ट अप्रीशियटिंग देन स्टोरी But it's also a slow journey. We all are realizing that yes. over a period of time, it's a slow distance. It's a long distance, slow, slow journey. I believe. I think I would like to add something. Yeah. There. Uh, I would like to add something there. You know, while we are all talking about products right now, uh, I think a platform like Rock Collaborative also has a very similar journey and a very similar narrative. You know that uh, slowly over the four, uh, last four years, you know, we have slowly, consciously sensitized. You know the users towards the design process. You know it was always um, the end product what mattered. You know till till now. Whereas if over the years what we really realize that what really goes behind is a thought process. You know and so what just just like what Moksh just said that you know if if, if the designer is putting in so much thought process, it has to be brought out into the narrative of the product. You know? So that is something which we have celebrated at Rock Collaborative and the um, the response from. end users in the understanding is is absolutely brilliant and that's so encouraging you know to the uh, the extended design community that we would like to push our boundaries and like keep experimenting bring more consciousness in our processes in our material selection in our you know everything that we do as designers so i think uh, it's not just products but it's also spaces and platforms and platforms like this which are Uh, it also gives us an opportunity to be seated and have a conversation about this. So I think it's all combined. So yes, Diti. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what 
more to add because I like everything I covered but yeah like for me also uh, because I'm using fabric and again like it's so easily available that uh, so I see a lot of fabric going waste. I'm collecting fabric from local tailors and they, um, when I'm collecting it, they actually see it like, Achha, you know, ye kabar lene aai hai, isko de do. so it's actually that you make waste from Lilo and all that stuff. So it's really the, um, when I'm talking about luxury thing, like how diamond is seen as a luxury item and as plastic and fabric is seen like, okay, yeah, you know, it's something so base. So to be really conscious about it, yes, I want to use it and I want to use it in a more, um, as a design and an aesthetically good form so that the person who's buying the product is also, uh, feeling good about it that, okay, you know, this is actually uh, it can be used like that and so well, you were there actually I'm going to uh, sorry I'm going to interrupt you but there's a great question that has come from Yati Agarwal which I believe uh, will uh, how do you create a color palette with scrap or old fabric especially when you're working on home decor uh, products for example the cushion design gajar so um, interweave that within your response yeah so Actually, um, designing a color palette is actually the most challenging thing for me because, uh, first of all, I'd never get a same fabric again. So, every time a customer uh, looks at my product and um, if they actually see my product on an Instagram, an old product, and they're like, okay, you know, we want this. I said, I'm sorry, I cannot give you this. Or like, um, you know, if they want uh, two of the same pieces, I cannot give them. And I constantly use that in my com- communication. So initially, one year, it was definitely very tough for me because um, the, the communication wasn't there. That, uh, But now I use that in my uh, talking and uh, that, you know, this piece will not be the same. So even people who visit me on exhibitions, if they want that piece, uh, and say, okay, this is like a one-time. But now, uh, something which is very good about it is that the person gets um, their own identity. And it will be unique. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, I think some, that boots too for each of your uh, line of yes. products. The, the uniqueness yes. that attaches itself towards. Yeah, so with fashion jewelry, it really helps because, like, you know, um, nobody will have a similar piece. So, something. <laughs> like, you know, you should be actually proud of it that, you know, you won't see any other person yeah. wearing it. So, uh, that is something great. But uh, color pa- also, uh, when I'm doing uh, home decor, so I also use um, fabric which I collect from uh, artisans okay. and uh, like block printers. So, I go for that color palette set, uh, okay, something which will match whatever fabric I'm getting uh, from the waste as well. So I'm constantly playing and spend a lot of uh, time with the fabric. I am all surrounded with like bunch of fabric and just keep putting it onto each other and spend meticulous time on it. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. There is a two, before we get to the closing comments. There are uh, there are two questions from the audiences which I'll combine. Any of you is open. Uh, it's great uh, to take it. Actually, it's also reaching towards a closing note. Uh, it's from Tanya Agarwal and Kauri. Uh, and they've asked, uh, the first question is, how do we handle what happens to the products after after use? Whose responsibility does it need to be? Do we bring in that notion also by we are 
putting the products out. And uh, what Gauri is asking as a link to this is, do any of you get uh, life cycle assessments done for your products? Uh, if yes, how and where? Can I take this one? Please? Yes. So I think uh, the way we work and I think what um, one should expect is that you have no control over where the product is. Uh, because it's very difficult to actually see the product from inception to, you know, like breaking down to a material that can no longer be used. So if one can design with the assumption that, okay, I have absolutely no control of where this is going to end up and create with the intention of knowing that if it ends up in a landfill, how is my product going to, how quickly is my product going to dissolve? What is the life that it's going to leave on the on the planet? How long will it take to actually dissolve? I think that is what we have absolute control. So, I think everyone struggles with at least the entire prospect of recycling right. in India. Right. No one has the right answer. If you go to a government agency, they'll, they'll fudge a, an answer and give it to you, which will start, still not give you an answer. So, it's clear that there is no control over the end product, so to say. Some people might have that. But, do you know where the plastic goes after it, it is thrown out? Do you have a clear line of, you know, uh, the cycle of where it starts to where it ends? Few people might, many people don't. So why try to break down a problem that would be so much harder to tackle where you can plan for controlling a step before? So that really interests me because then it opens up a whole new set of challenges in terms of the materials that you use, in terms of what material to use, what material not to use, how much to interject, I find that very fascinating. So, what do you guys think? So, uh, you know, when I'm actually increasing the life, uh, life cycle of the product, I actually go back to how my grandmother fixed things. I mean, with fabric, it's like you just stitch and fix up these things so it actually stays with you much longer. So working with fabric actually helps that. So even if a accessory is broken or it's torn, if like you know just a little ruffle and something you can fix it. I feel like those mistakes uh, in fact make the product look much um, you know it's it's got a story to tell the moment that mistake happens or it's that fixing has happened. So I like uh, uh, that thing about the fabric that it can be fixed and uh, it's staying with the uh, consumer longer. Okay, so I think uh, pretty much getting the answer. Just a final closing word from each of you before we wrap it up. Uh, and I think everybody is waiting for that. So regarding the idea of within the fierce economic battle that happens, especially in the segment of design, well-designed products, uh, how do you all see the idea of conscious design scaling out, reaching more people, uh, not just to a certain segment of society, but overall? And at the end of the day, is it dependent on the consumers and their knowledge of the subject related to conscious design and using conscious products? Or is that even necessary moving forward? Can we just continue to make what we are making and, and, and bring that about in the mainstream? So we are pure. This way, just uh, is the answer that is your consciousness towards optimization. Optimization means optimization. So, we as designers, producers, we need to understand this thing clearly. That we don't need to be in the wrong proportion. 
तो जब वो करते हैं तो उसको हम लोग हमारी प्रैक्टिस में इसे मेल्ट बोलते हैं कि चार चीजों में हमें ऑप्टिमाइजेशन करना बहुत जरूरी है एम इज मटीरियल कि मैं मटेरियल गलत नहीं यूज करूंगा पहले सिलेक्शन ऑफ मटेरियल फिर प्रोपोर्शन ऑफ मटेरियल उसके बाद आता है लेबर मुझे लेबर भी गलत नहीं यूज करना वो भी मुझे ऑप्टिमाइज नहीं करना बताता हूँ एनर्जी किस मटेरियल के लिए कितनी एनर्जी जा रही है अब मैं वुड यूज करता हूँ तो मुझे पता है कि मैं टोटल सोलर से यूज कर सकता हूँ तो हम लोग हमारा कूलिंग करना है तो उसके लिए हम सोलर कूलर इस्तेमाल कर लेते हैं अगर उसकी पॉलिशेज बनानी है तो उसकी डिस्टिलेशन भी सोलर से कर लेते हैं तो उससे आधे से ज्यादा काम उसकी एनर्जी सोलर से अचीव की जा सकती है उसके बाद एल मैंने पहले बोल दिया था लेबर अब थर्ड है लास्ट वाला है टाइम ओके इसको तो समझना ही पड़ेगा अगर अगर इससे हमने ये मेल्ट समझ लिया है तो देन
inviting us. And we are absolutely blessed to be in this lovely space with a lovely um, backdrop of um, uh, the waste that we have, you know, from the bamboo structures um, as part of the show. And we just created Workshop Inc. and Thumb Impressions have created a beautiful installation here, uh, which complements this lovely space and has a backdrop for our discussion today. Thank you very much. We'll just uh, thank you, everybody. We'll just, I think, take a quick uh, snapshot at the end of uh, this thing. So, please, everybody, look towards. Uh, thanks for the